0: Hello and welcome back to Crystal Clear, the podcast where clarity is the goal, clarity in life, clarity in choices, and just being totally clear with who I am and where I desire to be. Crystal clear is my affirmation. Hello, hello, hello. So if you've been with me long enough, you've heard me say at least once that my husband could never be on my show, mainly because he has a takeover spirit. And, um, you know, he's just, he's, he's pretty difficult to work with, but you know what? Um, I've been growing and I've been learning and, um, I'm trying to, you know, approach things differently. So, um, there was this, uh, situation at work that I felt like he would have some great input on. If I presented it in like a show, a show format. So if I just walked up to him and asked him a question, no, because I also told you guys that he's not good (laughs) at um, talking about work because it's just, it's just not um, a good deal for me. Cause I feel like he's just really hard on me uh, cause he knows me. So I figured like if I set it up, in like a question and answer interview setup deal that it might be more useful for me and it might actually help someone else. So he is here with me and we're going to go ahead and get started. This is going to be the portion of the show that's more along like professionalism and work. OK, so. <clears throat> What happened to me, just really quick, not to go into any great detail, but um, I was given the opportunity to switch positions, right? And uh, the position was not one that would make me feel like I was going in the direction that I felt would benefit me long term. Uh, They set it up and they presented it to let me know that this is not like uh a demotion or anything this would be a lateral move your pay wouldn't change nothing like your growth opportunities wouldn't change or anything we just need help and we wanted to give you an option and so like initially there was a lot of mixed, uh a lot of mixed emotions uh but I really just knew that I needed to give it time sleep on it and talk to my husband about it so um I'm going to ask all the questions that popped up in my head immediately after you know leaving the the meeting where i was given the option to change positions so my first question was what type of employee do you ask to move from one position to not necessarily a position of more
1: um responsibility um i think one that you've Hopefully, find useful. Um, you know, I've come to a thought process that there's really no bad employees. I'm, I'm sure there are bad employees out there, but sometimes it's just bad fits for certain positions, and someone may have a more useful skill set in another area than they currently are. Um, so that's it's an overall thought on on why you'd ask somebody to move to a lateral position.
0: Okay, so, I mean, that's putting a positive spin on it for me right away. A useful employee would be asked to move into a different position if they wanted to do so. Uh, Also, say, for instance, you're in a position to where not too long ago there was a write-up, right? And it was said that, you know, if things didn't change, we might find a new position for you and or, uh, of course, you know, more disciplinary issues, right? So, like, in, in that position, would you feel like they, when they presented you with a new position, would should the employee feel like, oh, is this the sign? Is this the option of the, the new role because the current role isn't working out, but there hasn't been any more um, meetings in regards to performing to my current role?
1: That's hard to say without knowing the um, internal politics of your your particular workplace. Um, I I know how it works in my current situation, and things are pretty transparent in mm-hmm. terms of discipline um, and progressive discipline when things aren't going as they uh, should be, and things are clearly stated. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's a tough determination to make whether it's a move. Um Based on a previous conversation, or if it's just something that's represented itself um honestly, it's tough to like say that's not bad leadership but again i'm i'm not I don't work in your current workplace, so um you'd be a better determiner of that but to me um, I think that should just be really clear um whether it's to say I don't know if it's the same person having that conversation with you that had the initial conversation. Um, but it's something that should be discussed in conjunction with this move. Like, hey, this isn't, you know, a uh, an indictment of your work or, you know, we've had a previous conversation on, on why we would have moved you before. But this is not that scenario. So, again, I, it just kind of points to the style of leadership that, that is present and I don't necessarily agree with what might be a lack of transparency or just clear in the air. You know, if it is not a good fit, say it's not a good fit and this is why we're moving you because we see you as um a possible better fit elsewhere. You know, right. I just think things like that should be said.
0: Right. And so given that it wasn't like that clear And transparent, like, would it just be, like, your imagination going further with that? Like, telling yourself, like, what if it's this? You know, what they have told me? Like, I mean, if you know, if you've been in the company, whatever company you're in, you should pretty much know how they've done things previously to have a good gauge on, like, how they're doing you right now, right? So if they've been clear previously, they're probably not going to switch up just right now. And the fact that you're given an option Kind of tells you a lot. Like, I feel like they kept stressing, this is an option. We're not forcing you into anything. So that did give me, like, that uh, that reason to be like, okay, don't panic or whatnot. So that was that. Also, my question next would be, like, why do you feel like there's so much anxiety and even perhaps like angst with the with the leads or
1: managers or supervisors like why why is that a part of their makeup
0: or like why 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 do you feel like some leaders in companies like create so much anxiety when they when they're like dealing directly with employees
1: because um leadership is tough it's um something a lot of times people get put into because they may have been a high performer in their previous role. Um, And, you know, just because you perform in one role doesn't make you necessarily a leader. Um, A lot of times people um, can do, but it's hard for them to, to show and to, to guide other people to the same levels of success. Because some of the things that became um, part of their success in the first place is an internal thing, their drive, their willingness. Maybe they have an incredible level of intelligence that maybe, you know, the average person doesn't hold. Um, And then you're asking people um, to do similar things kind of based on things that were unique to you. So I think that, and and again, it's just, it's everyday leadership is something that you have to um work at, you have to concentrate on and um always be present in and so that's just something that if if everybody could be a leader, um, you know, we'd all be walking around like alphas, you know, fighting with each other. But there's only so many, you know, leaders um in the world and people who honestly there's only so many people who dedicate themselves to be better as leaders. So that's that's why it's tough for a lot of people. Um, I've seen it, you know, in my own world. I've seen good and bad leaders. I've seen people who who show up every day and, and they're try- they try to get better and I've seen people evolve and I've seen people who get into a leadership role and don't respond to feedback, criticism. It doesn't matter if it comes from from their their, you know, bosses or from people that they lead who are just being brutally honest with them. And they still put forth the effort, whether it's uh, just a uh, lack of self awareness or just a lack of effort. You know, it's a number of different factors that go into that.
0: Okay, uh, do you have any suggestions when an employee feel like feels like there is like some conflict between them and their supervisor, like like when you kind of could just tell they don't like you and you don't really care for them. Like, do you have any suggestions on how to navigate that to kind of smooth that path out a little
1: bit? Do I have uh, advice for the employee or for the... Uh... the Both sides, actually. Um, if I'm the employee, and I guess I speak for myself in this, I, I, I guess I was never shy about speaking up and just asking a question. Um, you know, I felt like there was there was no benefit to me being quiet, especially if I was feeling some sort of anxiety around a situation uh, even to this day if there's just something I, f- I feel like I have questions on or doesn't feel sure I just ask um at the end of the day you know whether you can be truthful or not right It's up to you but at least I want to have an idea of where we where you're coming from if I am on the um supervising side of it I I guess you try to open up a conversation, like if you feel like something's not right, um, you know, to allow that person, you know, to feel like you're somebody that they can come to speak to um, and express their, you know, um, their feelings to. At the end of the day, in the leadership role, um, you have to approach it with like love, and it doesn't, you know, not not a romantic love, but love that you want that person to do their very best and approach every situation um, in that way. There's people that I I manage and I lead that I do not like at all. Um, but you know, their success is my success, and so you find the best way to navigate through it. Um, you know, you grin and bear it. I, I read an interesting article yesterday. That related related to um, sometimes you have to fire your best employee. Um, You know, you you make use of people um, until you no longer can, right? And you do everything within your capabilities to um, keep them around and prove them. And if if sometimes situations just don't work out, or again, you know, um, sometimes it's just bad situations or bad fits. And that's okay, you know? Everybody should find their happiness, um, but just... You know, again, me in that situation, I want that person on other end to feel like they have somebody they can speak to and that even if um, I don't like them, I don't let people know that, you know, I feel that way.
0: Gotcha. So, would it be like a red flag if someone picked up on the fact that you didn't like someone else?
1: Um, if they knew I didn't like
0: if, them? If they picked up on it. Like, if they could just tell by, like, body language and, like, different different you know indicators that there was some tension there.
1: Um I mean it, it all depends on that person. I mean at the end of the day, um especially if you, if that if you know your manager manages other people and you get into a group setting and you see that they may deal differently with other people than they do with you. Um I can see how, you know, that might Wear on some people because you're you're ultimately not going to have the same level of relationship um, with every employee. You just gravitate to certain people, whether it's common experiences um, or whatnot, but you hope that the other person is mature enough to just know that, right? Mm -hmm. And secure enough in themselves. Um, You know, I've been on both ends where I'm, you know, very good, close with my boss, or um, where I've had difficult people that I've worked with that it's just like a transactional deal you get what you can out of it and you move on um and sometimes those those tougher relationships are actually where you grow the most true um just because you're learning skills that you didn't necessarily know that you needed just to cope and deal um because one day you you might find yourself on the other side of that
0: okay um that's good um that helped uh Next question would be like so if there's like turmoil between employee to employee coworkers are having issues um i hear a lot that like people try to keep like a drama free environment and it's ideal that you kind of handle your issues amongst yourselves and if you can't then you escalate it to like a, su- a superior how should like for lack of a better word pettiness be brought to a supervisor without it just being like, oh my God, am I um, supervising 10-year-olds?
1: You said, how should it be brought?
0: Yeah, how should it be presented um, to be taken seriously? So
1: so I understand like people are going to have, um, might have some rough, you know, interactions. That is one thing that um, I personally don't tolerate is, is the pettiness where you're just going at somebody for the sake of going at them like i can't entertain you and i'll tell you i can't entertain you um if you're just trying to do something despite somebody Mm -hmm. um let's say you um i think a scenario where you borrow let somebody borrow an employee or you share a supply or something and let's say you you know that person doesn't return it back in the time that you expected and then you're like i'm never gonna let that person, um, you know, borrow an employee or a supply in. And they're just cut off. To me, that's petty because um, it, it one shows a lack of emotional intelligence and understanding of other people that you, you think that on the other end, they're malicious. Um, I think a lot of times pettiness comes from our own insecurities mm. and things that are internal to us that, you know, you know, you feel a certain way or you, you may do something that way and so you assign that same behavior to somebody else. So true. And it could be very, um, you know, different for the other person. And so, right. um, you know, I think it's important. I think usually most petty situations come from an inability to be able to look at all situations um, from every angle, not just from our own. Good, good, good.
0: Okay. So my next question would be uh, how does the employee that comes to work, does their work and go home um, come off to like management? Like it's not like, it sounds good in theory, right? That, you know, they're there to be productive and that's it. But a lot of times they come off as antisocial because they're focused on their job. And sometimes I feel like that's my only goal some days. And I don't know if I'm giving off like high, you know, high energy. I feel like because sometimes that's my mood and I'm kind of focused on that. Some people kind of, they're not comfortable approaching me. So what do you Um, think
1: of that? I think it matters um, who the audience is. Um, If you're talking about people that are in, you know, similar situations or that are lateral to you. I don't think it matters how, um, you know, on a day to day they feel about it. It depends. And it also depends on what influence that person has. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think every job, you know, if you're going to work a job and you don't necessarily want to stay in the same position forever, there's a certain level of politics that you have to play. Mm-hmm. right? Um, i've I guess I've been accused of that it hasn't necessarily hindered me forever um in terms of you know advancement at work but um sometimes being steady is, is the toughest thing for people to understand, whether it's you know you're you're not you're not too too high you don't get too low on certain situations that it's hard for people to place you and they they might call you low energy or not engaged for whatever reason and so there is a certain level, though. Again, playing the, playing the game, playing the politics, and that's not to me. That's not a bad thing. That's just kind of kind of being socially aware.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, at this this day and age, things are different. I think people do want interactions. It is about collaboration a lot of times, and so you have to be in the mix as it relates to that. We're just in a, um, a relationship society where it's not just about production, production, production. Um, That's like a, you know, somewhat old school way of thinking that it's all about your output. But it's also today, I'd say more about interpersonal relationships, just as much as it is about the work. Um, The one thing that, um, again, just recent readings, uh, technical skills and certain things are being industrialized or, you know, machined. you know, machines are being assigned to do certain tasks that humans used to do. So the biggest, next biggest skill set um, that can be kind of monetized is going to be relationships and, and emotional intelligence.
0: I agree with that. Uh, it's. I just know, for me personally, uh, when it comes to like a setting to where we're engaging with maybe like the supervisor and like everybody's different, right? And you can sense or tell some people are competing for like the high energy award or, you know, most eager to, you know, take on new tasks. And if that's like totally outside of your personality, what suggestions would you give to the person that's not necessarily, um, going to knock someone else down for like, a the bouquet of um what's the word I'm looking for like uh like for
1: it to be noticed by a superior um if i if I think I'm understanding your question question correctly um and, and kind of in relation to your previous question for that type of person, if you have to make your voice count when you do choose to speak up, so you know there's going to be those that are rushing to raise their hand jump in and do all that so you know again i've found that people that are super high energy are also the least co- the the least consistent people because you know they'll quick quick to overcommit themselves um and don't have enough bandwidth to actually complete all the tasks that they volunteer themselves to and so if you can be the person that you know you know yourself you know, when you can step up and then, you know, you have these these moments where you say something, um, you know, the more you find a space for that, the more people will listen. And, you know, when you do ju- do choose to step in and say something, it's impactful, it means something, it's it brings something different to the conversation versus being just the first person to speak. Um, again, you know, that's that's all well and good. Especially if your thought, you know, first thing out of your head is actually something positive. But most of the time people just, you know, just want to jump in because they think being first is what's impactful, um, versus thinking thinking through a solution or thinking through a project and how something can get, get taken care of more efficiently. So I, I think there's space for all kinds. Um and again, people who are who are the loudest often flame out the quickest as well.
0: Okay. Also, I do notice, like, a trend at a lot of companies to where they judge, like, good employees by how much they actually take on. So, in a lot of environments, workplace environments, like, being eager and maybe overextending yourself is, you know, how you, you know, show your worth, you know? So, if you know you're somebody who, like, I I can commit to this, I can jump up for this, you know, to be noticed, but there's no way, you know, <laughs> I can get this all done, but this is definitely how they're being rewarded, like, the more you do, the more you take on, the more responsibilities they can put on you,
1: the better you look. Mm, I think, again, just, if, if that's the politics of it, then great, if we're talking about, I can just take stuff on, are we talking about things that are taken on and completed or just things that are being taken on?
0: Things that are taken on and completed and like you, your your whole demeanor change for like the next month because you're not getting any sleep because you're trying to get this done and, and you're just like,
1: should I have taken this on? I think it depends on your drive. Like, what is your goal? What are you trying to get to mm-hmm. if, you know, whatever the next step, raise, promotion... If that's your goal, then you make the sacrifice because nothing, um, you know, is going to come easy at the end of the gotcha. day. There's no overnight success. Anybody who thinks there's success overnight probably doesn't know the roadmap that somebody took to to be successful. That person that is successful probably makes it look easy mm-hmm. while behind the scenes, they might be hustling. They could be cheating too, but <laughs> more than likely... <laughs> Um, you know, if it's, if it's in a work scenario, then, you know, they have the skill set to get it done or they're Mm -hmm. working hard or they're using resources. Right. So they may not, they might be able to, their skill set might be, Hey, if I have these multiple projects going on and I know somebody else in the company that is better at spreadsheets, I'm going to recruit them to do, you know, like set me up on a spreadsheet and I can do the data part, whatever. I'm just throwing out a random scenario.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but that's the skill set, right? right? I'm able to get the job accomplished in multiple ways, even if it may not just be me doing so. But again, it all boils down to what are your ambitions? Is it, are you fine? Just, are if if your goal every day is to show up, get my paycheck, go home. I don't really care if I advance or not. Then great. That's fine. There's There's, there's room for everybody. But if you're somebody that's more ambitious, then, um, you know, you can't knock somebody for overextending. And if they're busting their ass at home somewhere or working extra hours to get a job done because they want to, then then that, there's, again, there's room for everybody.
0: Okay. Okay. Really good. Really good. Um, see, do I have any more questions for you in regards to things for like employees and managers. What would be like a supervisor's biggest pet peeve with employees?
1: Um I think for me personally, mm-hmm. uh there's two. Um the employee that does not respect my personal time mm. that you know, will reach out to me about work stuff like from seven AM to seven PM. Like and then they expect a call back or a response back at like six thirty or seven. It's like, okay, I have a family too. You know, I yeah, I'm mean you know, the boss or whatever, but still, you know, like My response at that time is not stopping the day. Um, My other one would be the person that thinks they know everything that I do, but they really don't have a clue. You know, I can say that even for myself, um, that I didn't really know, you know, my current position um, and the kind of the pressures and all the things that went with it until I got into it and I know probably a month or two into it, I apologize to my boss like, hey, if I ever curse your name for not responding to an email a text, a phone call, whatever you know, I apologize, I get it, I understand and so I just try to give people a window into um, you know, my everyday without, you know, not making them feel guilty, but just like to create an understanding so people that continue to not understand that, that me not responding to your your email is not because I don't want to or not that I don't work hard, but because you have maybe one set of things that you're focused on. I have 10. So, you know, those those things are a little bit annoying when people, um, you know, take things personally um, or hold you to a standard that just because you're the boss is, is um, unreasonable. unreasonable, you know, so. Those are my two pet peeves. You know, lack of personal lack of you know, lack of respect for personal time and not really understanding my role or not even taking the time to understand it.
0: Got gotcha. you. But is it is it one of those things where they wouldn't understand unless they were actually experiencing?
1: No, I don't think so. I'm I mean, like a lot of the things that um I deal with again, if they're dealing with if they have a problem and they have, you know, consistent problems, they can take their problem and then multiply that by two, or like, let's say five. Like there's, if you have this problem, there's five other people that work with you that have the same problem. Sometimes if you have the problem, there's nine other people that have that same problem. And so it's like, you know, getting out of your own bubble, I think sometimes mm-hmm. for them, um, is the hardest thing because they're, they're on islands in their mind, <laughs> you know, like that's my boss and my boss only will actually, I'm a boss to like 10 people. And so those, you know, on any given day, there's multiple things going on and it's not, you know, that you're not important. I, there are certain things that I have to prioritize that one you may not be privy to that there's something else blowing up in the background that you're not aware of.
0: Got it. Got it. And I think I have one more question and then that'll be it. Uh, Complaints. As far as like procedures that an employee may feel is not thought out or uh, you know one too many meetings things like that. Like how are those things looked at? Like, if people are just like, Oh, do we always have to travel to this location for a meeting? Or do we do we have to do this step, 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 step? Because it makes more sense if we do it this way. Like, if, if somebody has an issue or a concern with the way something is done, is that just bl- looked at as a complaint? Or is it just like this person's personal feeling about this? Like, how do supervisors look at things like that, where somebody is bringing up something that they just don't personally like.
1: I think asking how supervisors look at it can, can be tough because there's, there's, there's going to be a manager out there that says, you know, don't question me. Mm-hmm. Do what I say. This is way we're doing it. That's not necessarily my style and my situation might be unique as I came up in my company through multiple positions. Um, so I understand you know, how people that I manage, I was once in that role. Mm. And so there's certain things that I try to change up. Um, The feedback doesn't bother me um, as long as it's constructive and it doesn't come from a point where you've gossiped with somebody else. Like if I get two of the same people saying the exact same thing, um, I feel a certain kind of way about that. Like, you know, come up with your own original thought. Um, about something. Um, but again, if it's if it's constructive and it's like, hey, this can help us get better, I'm all for it. Um, so, again, you know, that, those kind of things could be looked at with certain managers or supervisors as a negative. Um, I look at it as great, you care. As long as you're coming with the solution, mm-hmm. don't just always bring me problems. Gotcha. Um, you know, come with the solution as well. And I don't really have a problem with it,
0: okay, and then that actual statement made me think about something else. Do you think it's best if possible that most managers and our supervisor you know basically grow within the company? you think that just give do you think that gives them a leg up with like being a better leader
1: um I think it's it's better for employees and it's i think ultimately it's better for companies because you come get people. Who want are invested in in the success of the company, um, and you have longer retention of, of people. Um, so things are always going to be up and down with companies. It's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows. And so when when you have people who have been in the company for a long period of time, you know they have you know come up through the company. Again, they're more invested and they're more willing to stay when things aren't going as well um versus kind of like when you when you're always hiring off the street you know you have them and people you people aren't invested and you have that mentality um and if you're dealing in the customer business that's kind of how the people treat um your customers as kind of rentals mm. and so um i do think you know people growing within and it has to be a concentrated effort to do so it doesn't just happen by accident You have to have programs and systems in place that create an environment. And people have to have hope that they can continue to progress. Because if, um, again, this new age of employment, it's about relationships. People want experiences, not necessarily just jobs. They want something where they can go and impact um, a workplace and people around them. And so things are just, you know, always evolving um, you know, there's there's a job, you know, unemployment is so low now, people can go just go pick up a job somewhere else with the quickness and mm-hmm. so companies have to figure out a way to, to grow from within and, and retain their own people. And that
0: question brought up another question. I would love to, you know, end the questions, but you keep you keep saying things that inspire new questions. High turnarounds. Mm-hmm. What is that a sign of, like, if, you're, if your company's experiencing extremely high turnaround? What does that mean?
1: Um, it, I think it can be, it can go to a couple of things. Um, it can be company culture or lack thereof or toxic culture, right? Um, those, it depends on the work setup and how people interact. Um, sometimes things can be siloed. Um, my company is one where things are siloed. There's a home office and then there are satellite offices. The satellite offices don't necessarily, um, they interact with the home office, but there's, there's ways that they can isolate themselves. And so that's helped for us while things on the home office level are toxic. You know, the individual offices we've, we've had a relatively low turnover. Um, so, I think it can be a result of you know office culture or it can be a result of a bad manager. A lot of times people just um you know struggle with management, and you know you have a manager who's a tyrant or you know you don't you're not growing or they don't fulfill things that they say they're gonna do. There's a number of different reasons, so there's always those two arguments: is it culture or you know you've always heard the phrase it's the people don't quit jobs. They quit managers.
0: Mm. Um,
1: but I've also seen plenty of people stay for a manager, even if the, the, you know, situation is toxic. They'll stay for the person. Um, you know, one in hopes that it can improve or, you know, just from loyalty to that one person. So.
0: Gotcha. Well, all right. Uh, I feel like it answered every question that I had and, um, I believe this will be helpful for the listeners, people who, you know, just be wondering how their manager is looking at them. You know, <laughs> if I touched on anything um, that you can relate to or one of your like work personalities, then i um, good. Great. Hopefully you really got something from this and that kind of cleared up some of the mystery there at work. Um, thank you. You're welcome. And I feel like this was a productive conversation with someone I usually can't have this type of conversation with. I am so smart for figuring this out. (laughs) All right, y'all. So when I say my husband is not good at talking about work, I wasn't making a joke. I was serious about it, okay? And I had pretty much made up my mind never to discuss work with him again. But I was inspired. You know, once it came to me that I should, you know, talk to him about it, I was like, this just may work. I'm not coming to him with a complaint. And I guess, women, we have to understand when we come or we go to our loved ones with complaints and our issues, immediately they think in the mindset or the mind frame to try to fix something, right? And we don't necessarily need them to fix anything. We are capable of tending and fixing our own issues, right? But sometimes we do need a second opinion. Sometimes we do need a new perspective. And sometimes it's awesome if you can get it from your spouse. So instead of me going to him in frustration, I gave myself time to calm down. I did want to talk to him about it that night, but it didn't happen that way. We ended up going to get something eaten. When I got home, I was tired. So it ended up happening, happening like almost a a week and a half later, and when we talked about it, there were, my decision had already been made, you know, and I basically, you know, said what I was going to say to whom needed to hear it, but the fact that, you know, I was able to work it out, then come back and ask questions about the issue, you know, just to like, check to see if, you know, I, I mapped it out just right for myself. So I just feel like if I can take the drama out of it, I hate saying that, but if I can take like all the emotional frustration and angst out of the issue and just take it to my husband as it being an issue but not being my personal issue but just something that I wonder about, Maybe I'll always get this response from him. I feel like in the past, I brought negativity about work to him. And it just worked him up just as much as it worked me up. And that's why we didn't have any productive conversations. Either way, this is me rewriting my experience. This is me being a living example of the things that I say. You know, there's a lot of things that I talk about, but I, I need everyone to know that at the same time, while I come to a conclusion, if I'm inspired to revisit a situation, I'm going to take that risk of getting the same negative experience, but I'm going to trust that inspiration. And this time it worked out for me. I'm very happy with the product, I'm very satisfied with what just happened. So this is me sharing my life, me sharing my experience, me me sharing an idea and a mind being changed. And this is me encouraging you out there who got something from this episode to think about the things that you come across in life that you don't necessarily like, and try to figure out ways to tweak it a little bit so you can maybe have something you can deal with. And while I'm here, <laughs> I just remembered, um, I have a personal friend that started a podcast not too long ago, and, you know, much like any creative, you know, they have their up and downs in their bouts with you know issues when it comes to being creative because I feel like the hardest thing about being the creative is creating things that feel like you that's a whole other topic and that's not where I'm going today the point that I'm making today is she made a post about getting back to it and y'all know I haven't completely stopped podcasting I have a second podcast where I am weekly except for this week and you'll figure out why sooner rather than later, and um, just as being a quiet week for me, where I didn't say anything over there, and I'm not really consistent over here at Crystal Clear, I came across her post, and I was just like, dang, you know, dang, I feel this so much, and so I spoke to her, and, and when I spoke to her, you know, it was so clear. Like sometimes there's some people that I talk to and they just they bring out my clearest ideas, my clearest voice. I've talked to a lot of people and I can't necessarily tap into that clarity that I would like to clear that I would like to tap into. Like there's a certain tone, a certain flow, a certain place I go. I I've talked about this early, early, early in podcasting and There are certain people that I realize pull that from me. And she's one of those people, whether she knows it or not. Either way, I I responded to her thanking her for her message and letting her know it helped me. But within that message, I said something along the lines of, I understand how you feel, because as my plays increase and my uh, audience grows, I'm afraid because I fear that I'm going to let them down, that I'm I said that I am bound to let them down some way somehow, right? And so I kept rehearsing that in my head. After she responded, I just I just kept replaying. I'm bound to let them down some way somehow. I'm bound to let them down some way somehow. And I'm got in the shower and I'm still replaying this dot. And I'm like that is a very, very, very low vibration that that has to be li- there has to be a lie that cannot be real like I hear it, a part of me believes it, but a part of me knows that that is not true. I am not bound to let anyone down some way somehow, like I can relate to that, but that's my lower self relating to that that's not my higher self relating to that. So when I identified that that's not going to work as something I say and cling to. So I was like, okay, I'm bound to uplift some way, somehow. I'm bound to uplift some way, somehow. I'm bound to uplift some way, somehow. I started saying that. And then it went from there to... Me saying, not bound, because bound still, I feel like, has some kind of negative undertone of being stuck to something, not having a choice. So I said, I'm I'm setting my intention to uplift some way, somehow. I'm setting my intention to uplift some way, somehow. And... It's the weirdest thing that ever happened, but I know it was just like water drying up in my ears or maybe the water like coming out of my ears or whatever, but you know how it sounds or like your ears kind of start ringing and it literally felt, I know I'm weird, but it literally felt like I changed frequencies or like I changed a radio station because my ear did that weird thing where you can hear like beeping and it kind of opens up just that quick. So I wanted to share that and that is going to conclude the episode, but I want to start saying it now. So of course you already know. Do not neglect your dream. Stop denying your truth. My intention is set to uplift some way, somehow. Have a great week.